Alright guys, and welcome to another edition, another episode of the One Micronesia Podcast. And our guest today, uh, very fortunate to meet these two awesome uh, people, uh, Dr. Ansito Walter, uh, also uh, Dr. Marilyn Salas. Thank you guys so much for, for stopping by uh, the podcast here. Um, so, um, the podcast, we've been, we had a couple uh, in the past, and it's all about just bringing out the, the younger generation of you know of FAS citizens who are here and we're doing really good uh, doing their part um, we did talk about sport we had a, a sport one we had um, a podcast regarding um, uh, trainings and stuff that, that the youth could could really use I know they they have the seven habits um, workshop thing that they did all around the island so we had this is the type of podcast where we just sit down and talk about the good things that are happening in, in our community um, so welcome um, Lady and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let's start with you, Ansita Walter. Um, of course, uh, Dr. Ansita Walter, uh, also former uh, governor of Chuk. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, I want to start with you. Um, Education-wise, how did it all start for you? Uh, I know you were born and raised in Chuk. And By the way, call me Ansito. Ansito, okay. All right. Okay. So I'll call you Fink. Okay, okay. Got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, um, again, you know, I want to thank you. And Jason and uh, you know the Guam KUAM mm-hmm. leadership for the opportunity to be here, and uh, with my friend and my wife and a very good colleague here, mm-hmm. Dr. Salas. But uh, we want to thank you for the opportunity to share our stories. So in line with your question, you know, mm-hmm. I started out. I uh, I came from a very poor family. Okay. And uh, I know what it means to be hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get up in the morning and you don't see food and what it means to go to school and you come back and you see starvation, it's there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, I, I know what it means to be in poverty. So when I had the opportunity to go to school, I knew that would be the way. And I learned from teachers of mine that they were already there mm-hmm. and I can see the difference that they have made in the village. Mm-hmm. So I look at that as education as the way. So I graduated from a small elementary school on Thorn. That's far elementary school. We're still there, you know, it's still there. Mm-hmm. We went there, you know, you can see changes. But at that time, you know, we started out to have classroom underneath the trees. Wow. Because there were no classrooms. Mm-hmm. So they had the board letting uh, up on the breadfruit trees and uh, when it rains, you know, they have to stop. Mm-hmm. So uh, eventually, you know, they t- transferred us to a meeting hall. And at that time, you know, there were six grades, just only one teacher teaching those, those mm-hmm. six grades. And uh, that was 1960. And then 1967, I was able to transfer to Chuk High School, Chuk High School mm-hmm. at that time, and graduated from. Uh, Truck High School in 1972. And I went on to school on Maui, very grateful. And uh, I, uh, I want really to thank the United States of America. Because without this country, I would not be here talking to you. Mm-hmm. I would not have the opportunity to meet this wonderful woman. Uh, it's their scholarship, it's their way of providing assistance to me and to many of us at that time. So I was able to go to school on Maui. Wow. 
Yeah. And at that time, from Chuuk to Honolulu, on uh, Air Micronesia at that time was hundred five, hundred I think hundred five, hundred seven dollars. Wow. One way, and then uh, to Maui just maybe twenty some dollars one way. It's not anymore at this time. Oh yeah, you don't see those rates now. Now yeah. it's like everything's hyped. So I spent two two years on Maui, and then transferred to the main campus. That's United States International University. They have the main campus in San Diego, California. But when I was there, I always dreamed that someday I would see Florida. So that opportunity came in 1977, mm -hmm. 74, that I applied to Florida Atlantic wow. University in Boca Raton, Florida. Wow. And uh, I and my wife, you know, we went there, we saw the campus in 2011. It's a brand new campus. I mean, it's they have mm -hmm. made so many improvements. But I graduated from Florida Atlantic University with a bachelor degree, and then I decided to come home. And I saw the challenges of trying to get a job. It was not there. So at that time, I decided I have to go back to graduate school. Mm -hmm. So I was on my way to Florida. But then I decided to stop in San Diego, California, because I still have my friends. Mm -hmm. So they were able to convince me, why would you go that far? Why can't you just stay with us mm -hmm. here? So they were able to convince me, and I stayed in San Diego at that time with them, and they were able to help me, my very good friends. Uh, some of them, you know, one of them is Chris Furenet, is now the director of education in the state of Chile. So I was very grateful to that man. He was uh, an inspirator to me, and he was able to really get me into graduate school at that time. And uh, I went through, you know, the master degree, mm -hmm. and uh, I just tried out for the doctorate, and just keep trying and trying. And when I was in the middle of the program, I realized maybe with God's help, I can go all the way. So um, I got my master's degree in 1979. Wow. And then in 1985, I got the doctorate in philosophy. But I would say really, uh, it's that experience of what it means to grow up in extreme poverty. That's a part of an inspiration to me because what I left, I cannot look back mm -hmm. because there is nothing to look back for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I would say, you know, my family, they were helping me. Uh, my father, you know, he was able to be very strong. I didn't like the way he did it because, you know, I want to be with my friends. Mm -hmm. But I look back, the discipline that he gave it to me, not to be with the bad boys, I'm mm -hmm. sorry to say that. <laughs> okay. It really helped me. And I was able to focus on my school in elementary school, mm -hmm. all the way to high school and all the way to college. So when I came back, I, my father and I became very good friends. Aww. Yeah. Because I realized that if he was not able to stop me in doing the things I thought that I could do, mm -hmm. I would not be where it is. So I taught him. Thank you very much. Yeah. So you talk about a very amazing story. You from a school that was underneath a tree to um, to a conference room all the way, all the way to the states, and you you got your doctors. So you went back to Chuk. What um, did you go straight into the government when you went back to Chuk, or you worked in? Was what was the plan 
after you got your doctor's? Like, am I going to just stay in the States and, and work? or Because eventually you made your way back to Chuk and you made your way into government. At that time when I uh, was getting almost finished, mm -hmm. I, I did my dissertation on the Federated States of Micronesia. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really, it's in me that I want to go home. I want to go back home and try to make a difference. So I went back to Chuk in 1985. And at that time, Governor Raden, I was so grateful to that man. Because I went straight to his office. Mm. I had my dissertation with me. And you know, it's kind of, a, you know, I shouldn't do that because in Chuk's way, it's like a so off. Mm. But I want to prove it to him that, you know, I, have, I work hard. And uh, this is what I have accomplished. And if you can give me a job. And I was so grateful for him because who else is going to say no when the governor is saying yes? Mm -hmm. So I remember recalling the uh, chief of staff and the director of personnel at that time. And they were able to, right there, cut my personal action to start working. And that was in June of 1985. And I asked him, I have no house in the center. Would you please give me a house? <laughs> and he said, yes, mm. forever. I'm so grateful to that man. He died at sea, and we never traced him. Oh. And uh, that's how I started out. And I, I would say, you know, there were some really good experience that I learned at that time, because when I came back from Chu, I mean the Chu, I came back with the education of, you know, you can talk. Mm, right. <laughs> and like, you know, this morning, we were just talking about uh, Jason's father, mm -hmm. the late Dr. John Salas. How uh, he's able to always instill in the family a responsible Micronesia, a respectful Micronesia, mm -hmm. a resourceful Micronesia. And I think, you know, those are really excellent big R's we can talk about. Because at that time when I came back, I liked to be a good talker. Mm -hmm. And then I learned from the Chukis men of wisdom, talking is okay. But you've got to talk in the right mm -hmm. way. Respectful talking. Mm -hmm. You don't have to speak too loud. Speak in a voice that it's comforting and very respectful. The two keys, men of wisdom, they taught me what it means to be humble. And I would say really they also play a significant role in teaching me what it means to be doing the right things integrity and again you know when i met the brother you know the late john salas mm -hmm. we were having lunch at one time and he shared with me when we were talking stories like this he said and she thought when my father sent me to school he told me i'm not sending you to school to be smart but i'm sending you to school because i want you to know the difference between right and wrong wow to me, you know, that's a very powerful mm -hmm. message. And you know, really that's, you know, what I want to do for the Chukis community, for the FAS community here on Guam. You know, we got so many opportunities on this beautiful island. And really Guam, we want to thank you. Guam is special because, you know, it's a very welcoming place for us. It is, yeah. And you know, we what else we can do except to reciprocate, mm -hmm. you know, their warm friendship and hospitality. And I, get, I hope we can sour them 
with the Tsukis, respect mm -hmm. and hospitality. And I hope we can teach the young ones what it means to be irrespectful Tsukis, irrespectful Yapis or Kursayans mm -hmm. or Ponapians or other Micronesians. Mm -hmm. What it means to be a resourceful Tsukis. What it means to be a responsible Tsukis. And let me just say something. We grew up in Chuk, okay. in the family, in the village. Mm -hmm. And when I speak to friends from the Pacific and other areas, and colleagues like this, mm -hmm. educators like uh, Dr. Salas, we have that profound responsibility among us men. We have a responsibility to make sure the women, children, and elders must be fed. That's a profound responsibility. We have a responsibility to make sure None of them, women, children, and elders, they should never fear of their safety. That this be a place where everybody enjoy peace. You can walk around, not to even fear somebody's going to do this to me. Mm -hmm. When things happen, you know what the Chukis young men they were doing? I'm embarrassed. Because I'm a Chukis. Okay. That's not the way the Chukis are raised. We were raised to respect the women. It's a matrimony in your society. I would never talk back to my mother. I would never talk back to my father. And I knew they make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think they did it on purpose because they were trying to see whether or not. They would get in trouble? Not only to be in trouble, but they test us whether or not we should respectful to them. So do you think, do you see this as, because I look to the older generation um, and I respect it so much because you guys have it. You were you were taught from from birth to, to to where you're at that respect is a big thing. Is it my the younger generation that we're like maybe let's I don't know if there is the respect still there. The question is is the respect still there? Are we is it fading from the younger generation where we we don't care like we're like we're young we're free we can do whatever we want because. With the older generation, you were taught that there were there were there were, there's a system. Mm -hmm. There's your elders, and then there's you, and you're supposed to respect the elders. So, wh what do you think is the is the problem? Are we is the younger generation is the respect in the younger generation fading away? Is that is that, is that what's happening now? Where we're just like we don't like our mom dad our mom and dad will talk, and we're like we. It's fading away if the family is not responsible. Okay. And let me just tell you this. Let okay. me give you an example. My own son. <laughs> and I knew, okay. if I do it here, I'll be in jail. But I saw him one time, mm -hmm. in public. He was talking back to his mother. Oh. And when I saw that, I just couldn't, I was so embarrassed. I took him home. I loved that young man, just me and him, in the room. I spanked him. Okay. Because mm. discipline is a big thing. Yes. Back in the day. In all the islands, discipline was big. Right. And you, as a parent, as a responsibility, you had the, the, the responsibility to teach your child, you know, to, to discipline them, you know, not mm -hmm. to, to go all out and, you know, and hurt them, but to discipline so they'll know that's bad. Mm -hmm. So I spanked him. Okay. It was really hard spanking. <laughs> it was hard. Okay. In the end, we both cried to each other. But he got the message. Oh, my, my, and the, the reason why I say this is because I, I, grew, I grew up in Yap, 
and my grandma would spank me. Oh man, I would. I was always scared of my mom and my grandma more than my dad. I love my dad, but it was always the the women, like you said, we always respected the women, and it was always the women that came and laid down the power. Like this is wrong. So now they're on Guam. Okay. And then comes the system of mm -hmm. the American system. Okay. Meeting the traditional. Mm -hmm. Pacific system, Micronesian okay. system, and the children are beginning to think, oh, if they hit me, they'll be in trouble. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that becomes the place where we have to understand the laws mm -hmm. and know how far we can go with what we need to do to keep the family intact and the discipline of the family there. So it's so, so now the, the parents are, are learning this new thing because, okay, there's mm -hmm. a law. If you know, if I, if I, if I, it's going to be abuse. If not, so how do we? Yeah. So, so, so my mm. question is, how do we? How how do they balance that now? I think there has to be communication okay. at the home level. Okay. With the parents sitting with the children, telling mm -hmm. them, you know, this is how we were raised. This is the kind of discipline we have in the home. Mm -hmm. This is the new system, and we're going to work both of those together. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I believe that's how it has to be now, because. I don't want the children thinking right. parents can't mm -hmm. you know, discipline them the way they know, right? And it, it cannot be too harsh either, the way our Micronesian mm -hmm. families discipline mm -hmm. with the core. Because it, it was different. Yeah. You know, it was different back then and then now with all the laws. And mm -hmm. even when you go to the islands, the laws are also coming to mm -hmm. the whole, you know, the child abuse and stuff in the islands. The, the laws I know are, are being hyped up right now. Mm -hmm. So... The law is there, and I guess it's really finding that, like you said, the communication. How right. do you, how do you, how do you stay in the middle of it? Mm -hmm. um, so this, so I guess we we've gone through this, and I guess we're just gonna go continue from where we're at right now. Um, yes. You, of course, you, you're a professor at UOG. Yes. You you teach there. Um, you did a lot of um, the seminars, and I put up one of your seminars, your Mark seminar, and I wanted to to, to really get into this because after we talked. Uh, into, you get more details about this. I know we're going to stretch out and talk about more of it. Mm -hmm. But you, this seminar of yours, can you uh, talk about it or explain to us? Maybe people who have, haven't heard you or was not there, um, what was the seminar about? You know, the, uh, the seminar was sponsored by the Micronesian Research okay. uh, at the university. So they were uh, asking, what is it that we can say about the Chukis? that you need to understand about the Chukis. What qualities that they have? Taking into consideration on the negatives that we've been hearing mm -hmm. here on the island. So uh, we talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because you know, I've talked about the core values of the Chukis culture. And uh, it's so profound. You know, they would say anywhere you go. And again, that's how I learned from the uh, Chukis men of wisdom. The basic survivor of the Chukis families or the communities, anywhere they go, whether you're in Guam, in Saipan, anywhere they go, it's always the idea of thinking together, Ekichu, of having unity of hearts. That's Tipechu. And then Angechu, meaning how you work together with good deeds. So uh, that's how the, 
they really survive. But uh, what's interesting to me, what I learned from them, in the very center of the unity of hearts, unity of thoughts, unity of good deeds, they put it in that center, a profound commitment of humility and integrity. You cannot trust people to work with them if they cannot be trusted, if they cannot be respectful. You cannot work with other people if you know that they cannot be trusted, if they are not respectful. So really, the profound uh, center of that, it's about humility and integrity. And uh, I have taught at mm -hmm. the university that the highest level of leadership is humility and uh, integrity. And when I look back, yes, we can talk about theories. Mm -hmm. But when I went back to Chu, that's what they are really doing in the village. So I know it's missing because we're transiting, transitioning to a different place, but it's still practice. And let me give you some example. I'm amazed with the numbers of deaths we have here in Guam among families, among Chukis. How they are able to finance these funerals. Mm -hmm. It's true. Unity of thoughts. Unity of hearts. Unity of good deeds. How they are able to come together and mm -hmm. share love. And really what interesting thing too also that I observe among the Chukis, they can go beyond. When they really respect you, when they know that you're sincere, they'll give you their entire check. That paycheck, get it. <laughs> Just get it. And sometimes when I look at it, this is not so good anymore. We have mm -hmm. to pay for waters and uh, rent and for food. But uh, that's how the Chukis, you know, they've been surviving of all these years. Uh, in Chuk, and now we've seen, and that's really, I think it's good. We talk about the young generation that they are not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. But yes, maybe in some way they don't listen to the parents because of the changing world. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about the core values of how the Chukis, they have survived, anywhere they settle is too very profound. Unity of thoughts, unity of hearts, unity of good deeds with a profound commitment of integrity and humility. So that's why, you know, we did it, because we want people to understand. Don't think that Chukis are drinking and they're going to make trouble. Of course, we got the bad apples. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We got bad apples every, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Every culture, right? Every culture. Every, yeah. Yeah. And it's good to say also, that's why we are humans. And I'm not saying this because I, you know, I have to support them. No. But we are humans because we do the things we shouldn't do. We are humans because we say the things we shouldn't do. And I think that's important to say because that's where you and I, the three of us, mm -hmm. we need to understand that. Why they are doing it. Why they're saying it. And that's why, again, you know, I like public service. Because it's about service. Okay. You reach out and touch somebody, whether you like it or not. You have that responsibility to do making a difference. And that's why I owe so much respect to the educators. Because the educators really, they are making so much difference among. 
And let me just say also, if I may, yeah. uh, you know, with all the negatives we hear, mm-hmm. and you know these are few bad apples. If you look at it, of us, 42% of us are working. Mm-hmm. What is it that we can do to increase that 42%? So it be 50%. So we have more of us working in the working environment rather than those that you're just going around and without jobs. So those are the challenges that we need to do for a responsible Micronesia, for a respectful Micronesia, for a resourceful Micronesia. And let me just say something about that resourceful. I believe Guam has all the resources. Guam has everything prepared to prepare an individual to be very successful. They have the education, they have the manpower, they got that resources. And when I was talking to the youth a week ago uh, for their uh, 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 basketball tournament Mm -hmm. and track and field, I told them what I have seen. Anybody, any one of us, of you, can be like Obama. Even Hawaiian can be raised, born and raised in Hawaii to become the president of this powerful country. I'm now even more than convinced. A Kwaminian, a Chukis, a Yapis mm-hmm. can be. And I also share with them, look at Baguio, a world-class boxer. He was trained nowhere else. Mm-hmm. He was trained in the Philippines. Those same opportunities are here. I have seen Chamorros, colleagues, graduated from some of the best universities. University of Harvard University. University of Berkeley. They are here. Mm-hmm. Where did they go to school? In Guam. This island of ours has the resources to be, to train all these kids. So really we are so grateful. And you know Guam, I want to thank you. <laughs> now I want to thank Guam too. I mean, yeah. We're so grateful to these people. You know, he brought up education. Okay. And education is so important. It's really the the key mm-hmm. to a lot of where you're going, your successes. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to say that as a child, my parents made that the priority. They didn't have money. They were also on the lower scale of economic mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, abilities. But they had a sustainable life where they grew their plants and the, their vegetables. So that's what we lived on. And my father was U.S. Navy retired uh, retired by the time we were about three years mm-hmm. old. Or, and So I remember that my students at the university they interviewed my father and they asked him what was so important in his life and he said education and he dreamt even before he had children Mm. he was still like in the navy that one day he would have children and he would give give them the opportunity to get an education and that dream came through that that Mm -hmm. dream happened 
And I'm so proud of him because he had a vision and that vision was carried through. And I say to the families mm -hmm. that are on Guam that make that be the priority, is that these children get the best education. Now we have our Micronesian populations here who are Guamanians. They were born here mm -hmm. or they went to school all their life. And it's about they finished and they got a high school diploma, but what did they choose to do? Uh, go do hotel housekeeping again, or go look at um, um, what are some other jobs where they could be challenged some more. So mm -hmm. to me, again, adult guidance can help them go on with their education, go get a bachelor's degree, go get a master's degree, but it takes this community to let them see the importance of continuing to improve yourself, the resourceful part of what Ancito's been talking about. So right now we have friends, mm -hmm. and I see they graduated from high school. They're very intelligent. They have, they're very good at writing. You know, I'm mm -hmm. a PhD in reading education. They've got all the skills, but what did they choose to do with it? Right. And this is where the guidance from the adult comes in to say, keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. Let's look for those scholarships. Let's mm -hmm. look for the funding sources. And look to our University of Guam or our Guam Community College because these are just as good as any other university in the world. So, you know, for us, our age group, it's about helping the younger generation mm -hmm. see the qualities that they have and how it can be polished up some more mm -hmm. and they can get to uh, the next steps. And that's an awesome thing and we thank you for supporting keeping it going because um, I, I think what it is is when we when we come to Guam we graduate we do, do a four-year and that will get you a bachelor's mm -hmm. here and then sometimes we think oh that's high that's high enough right. but I've had friends I've had family members who push through not a lot of them, just the, the, the ones that mm -hmm. have that mentality of just a couple more years, you got this. Um, for, I'm, I'm saying this because for me, I, did, I'm, I think mine was high school, mm -hmm. and I got into radio. I loved it, and yeah. just pursued it all the way through. Uh, whereas if I was still in college, I might have gone through a little bit. I don't know. But I think it's, it's really, like you said, it was the support of the families. Because right. once you get that BA, you're like, oh, this is huge. But you can still push more, you right. push and get your doctors. And get, you know, like I did, okay. is get a BA and then I went and I taught. But in between there, I'm going mm -hmm. back and taking courses at night so that I can get a master's degree. And then from there, thank God to local and federal assistance, I got the ProTech scholarship to be able to go for my PhD. Wow. So the little savings that I had went to my uh, apartment that I would, you know, there were no PhDs offered online mm -hmm. or on Guam, so I went to the University of Arizona. And it was really a good experience to be with other uh, groups, diversity, and then to see what Guam had prepared me for, because I could keep up, you know, and, and, and that was so beautiful to see that our, what our, our schools, what my elementary, my middle school, my high school um, education was just as good as anywhere in the U.S. Educa I yeah. think I heard it's education is key. Yep. So the education is there. 
Now I want to talk about um, something that um, I saw, Encito, uh, mm -hmm. you were talking about um, in one of the interviews you had, um, and also I talked to um, the Consul General mm -hmm. about it. It's something that's in the works, mm -hmm. an orientation. Because you, you said a while ago that Guam <coughs> has the resource, which mm -hmm. is awesome. But how about back home for the, the, the many who are preparing themselves to make the, the move, the transition? Um, that orientation you talked about, um, I know it's, I don't think it's a thing, but people, I think they're working on some sort of orientation for our, for the people, um, so, some sort of, uh, training or s to go through before they move to Guam. Is that, was that what you were talking about? I think, you know, that would be really one of the best things to do. Start it back home. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You could start like, uh, in the elementary school. Okay. In the family, in the community homes, mm -hmm. we go back and forth to our village in Chu. And we share with them challenges. Mm -hmm. We share with them what it means to be an educated young person. We share with them the opportunities. We also share with them challenges. Mm -hmm. And how you can overcome those challenges. So I think, you know, if they started back home, Mm -hmm. Will be a great idea, whether in the family, in the church. Mm -hmm. People can speak in the church, you know, the minister, because they are powerful agents of change. They can talk in the elementary schools. And again, as I say, in the community halls, you know, where we get together. And, and like, you know, the, I like the approach. I went to the uh, uh, summit okay. Saturday, mm -hmm. and I wrote to the consensual, I really mm -hmm. complimented her and the supporting staff, how they are able to put together. What I observe, <clears throat> youth speaking to youth. They invited the University of Guam students to speak to those youth. Mm -hmm. And I think it's perfect because many times they don't like to listen to me. <laughs> they can listen to me, but it would be more perfect to listen to their own peers. Mm, okay. So when they split up, say, oh, he said this and this and this and this. So that conversation continues of what is it to be done. To be a very good, responsible citizen. To be a very good, respectful citizen. Talking about resourceful. We got all the opportunities. But I think, you know, again, you know, if they're going to start it back home, it would be the right thing to do. And you said at least put it in the school. So add school. it to the curriculum. Is that what you're saying? Like I think would be right? really good. Add it to the curriculum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you're part of the curriculum. A good example is in Yap. There's there's only uh, two lanes, so I can cross the road. I just gotta look, you know. <laughs> yeah. But when I move to Guam, and then now you're, you're seeing all like all six lanes. You're like, oh, what do I do? And I did. There's a crosswalk. So it's little stuff. And I talked to the consul general about this, and she said the little things like that, when you let when you you, you let somebody know that this is what's going to happen when you move there. Right. Now you have to, instead of just looking across and, and you know, make, make the cross, you have to look for a crosswalk because, you know, that's, a, mm -hmm. th that's how it is on Guam. Little stuff like that um, really would work. So, I, so right. maybe adding it to the curriculum, is that something? Is, it, is, it, it would, is that something that, um, because now they're going to be like, well, we don't have the money for it. Is, is that something that we can, it's affordable to add it to the curriculum, government-wise? money is not an excuse. Okay. Because it's the right thing to do for the future of this kid. Okay. They've got to understand. And like, even me, 
I grew up to believe that we own the road. <laughs> and we walk in the middle of the road in Chu because we own them. When I come to Guam, who owns the road? The cars. <laughs> we didn't see traffic light. Mm -hmm. We never used to traffic light. I don't even know what it means to be red, yellow, and green. <laughs> Speaking of learning, okay. <laughs> there's also an education even when they're adults. <laughs> so exactly. growing yeah. up on Guam and knowing Guam, um, there are many things I have to teach in Sito, even at this age, right? Yeah. Okay. About you don't own the road, move over <laughs> to your lane, you know, because he, you know, it might be that they're still thinking that way. Okay. So it's immediate correction, you know, so that we don't get in an accident, right? Yeah. So I, I, I think uh, and when I talked to um, the Consul General, and uh. she, I brought it up, and she said, it's, it's still in the works, and I think it's, I was like, oh, that's, that's a really good idea. And if, if for me, if there was an orientation too, or if it was taught, I know it was, it's taught in school, the education system back there is kind of like the same education system we got uh, here on Guam, but if you add that to the curriculum, I think that would be um, a good thing. Will be one of the best things that we can ever do. All right, so I think we pretty much talked about um, everything that needs to be um, talked about. Um, anything you guys want to add before we close out? Some of the issues mm -hmm. we can talk sure. about. Yeah. Like I, I really think we need to keep Guam clean. Okay. And green, and um, so a really good example is my friends from Yap, okay. from the uh, the islands of Ulithi. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they go down to the beach, they use the beach, they love the ocean, they fish the ocean. But when they get down there, the first thing they do is clean it up, the area where they're going to be. They clean it up, and then they barbecue, and they go swimming, mm -hmm. and they enjoy a day. And when they are done, they pick up the trash again. And if they see people near them, they educate them and say, hey, clean up before you leave. And I think that's a great thing, that we are always teachers, mm -hmm. that we care more than about ourselves, but about the people that are around us. So it's about making people understand the importance of keeping Guam clean. And the, and the, the parks and the beaches are really beautiful, and we want to keep it that way. I grew up on this island. As a Chamorro girl, I could go anywhere and feel safe. Today, I think that is not the case. And I want that to come back again, where our children can walk these beaches and not be bothered. And it's for all one Micronesia, mm -hmm. right? I don't think people uh, in Micronesia are taught to do bad things to others. Mm -hmm. So practice that when you go Leave people alone, respect them, respect the teenagers who love to wear the clothes that they like to wear, which is almost bare. <laughs> you know, that's their choice. This is freedom. And leave them alone, right? And, um, so, so these bother me now as the children are growing up, is that we respect each other and that we, uh, we take care of our behavior. Um, I know that drinking is a problem. And again, if you can't drink responsibly, then don't drink. If you can't stay on Guam and be a contributing member, then maybe it's time for you to decide that you're, you're a burden and I'm going back to my home. 
Because like one Micronesian girl told me, she tells them, if you can't fit in, then go back home. Why did you come? And I believe that. And if they're Guamanians because they were born here, raised here, then make it your opportunity to learn what the base culture is. To me, the base is Chamorro. And, and we also have the same kind of respect and responsibility as our brothers and sisters in Micronesia. How do you then add on to what they are? Because we have villages, we have our barbecues. Mm -hmm. We know, you know, if you look at our Chamorro, we like the comforts. We like having our own things. And we will share and we will share and we will give things away and we will bring you in to be a part of our family. But if you abuse our kindness, mm -hmm. it ends there. And I don't want to see it get there. We've already had many cases of people not getting along. Or Here again is something that happened, drunkenness. Here again is something that happened. And if it's too much, it's hard to handle. So we're not there, but respect the people of this land as we have respected you when we've gone to your lands. That's very true. Like it's, it's, it, I really always go back to the, the, this whole idea of when you invite somebody to your home. Yes. And as, as that person will invite you to their home, to share the same respect. Respect them. Like when you go in their mm -hmm. house, you know, what would you do? Mm -hmm. We'd always respect. Yeah. So it's the same thing as um, this island. So I believe you know, when we're here, the main, the key is respect. And all my, all the, the guests that I've had on the podcast, everybody goes back to that. So yes. We just need to respect. You know, there are a few bad breadfruit on the tree. <laughs> and what do we do with those breadfruit, right? We have a lot of good breadfruit, mm -hmm. but there's a few bad breadfruit. They're still salvageable. They're still, so. There's part of it that we can still do. Mm -hmm. And so there's this training and this thing that we can help them be better. But who is going to do that? The family members mm -hmm. of that individual. I think that I don't back care. family. Yes, mm -hmm. and I don't care if they're homeless. They're connected to somebody on this mm -hmm. island. Somebody mm -hmm. better take them in and help them. Mm -hmm. Right? Not just the government. That's, that's, that's true. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to end this podcast uh, by saying thank you. Thank you, too. Um, and I hope when people are watching, uh, I know the comment section is going to be popping with uh, comments. And, you know, I, I really go back to one thing, the respect. I really want to end on respect. And I think that's what we all need. And if you're listening, I think that's key. Uh, and, you know, to keeping and moving forward, we need to just respect, learn and respect the, the Chamorro people. Right. And, you know, our, our life, because this, this is actually our life. We're making our life here. and This is our home. It is. All of our homes, right? <laughs> so I'll, I'll end it on respect. And again, I want to thank you, uh, Ancito, uh, Dr. Ancito, Dr. Uh, Marilyn. Thank you, too, for um, coming on the podcast with me here. Thank you, Vic. Thank you so much. Thank and you, that thank pretty you. much wraps up another uh, episode of uh, the Walmart Future Podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you at the next one.